0: Okay. We better get a little Erica Badu Apple Tree popping off. All right, Andy. Take it back to what? Is that the, on the Baduism album? 97? 98? 97. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. I thought. All right. And Erica's still rocking with her mini-me. You are checking out RSVP with Jill Monroe right here live on KBLA Talk 1580. We are in hour two. And you know, we still have lots of trending topics and headlines to get through because that's what we're here for, right? That is what you are tuning in for. Now, before we get into all of it, make sure you're ready. You got your snacks, a little beverage. Get comfortable. If you haven't downloaded the app, make sure you do that so that in case you have to run out or leave the room, you can take us with you. If you want to call in. 800-920-1580 800-920-1580 if you have a thought that you want to add to the dancer list i know terry terry in the youtube chat is offering up zendaya he said she's a great dancer someone we should consider i mean i remembered zendaya when she was on her pop star kind of r&b urban but not stuff right after disney um okay I have to go back and check that because I remember it, but I wasn't locked in, so I don't have an opinion on that one. But we'll take it if you say so. It works for me. Now, we mentioned earlier that there is a California-based startup, Aleph Aeronomics, that has received the FAA Special Airworthiness Certification. It's for their Model A flying car. I know I mentioned this, you know, when we watch the Jetsons or you see stuff from there, they had all of the things that we have now except for flying cars. And with the way the traffic is, you kind of wonder why. But then you think about the traffic we have on the ground and that being in the sky and it kind of, at least for me, causes pause. But the Model A costs $300,000. It's equipped with drone-like internal propellers, and it offers a range of 200 miles over land, 110 in the air. So its unique selling point lies in its driveway-friendly design and vertical takeoff and landing. They're nearing production. They want to get it started for private ownership and personal use, both on the ground and the air. So I want to know, our good question for Hour 2 is, are you interested in owning a flying car? Would you be ready to take to the airways and make that your mode of transportation? I like, is it going to be like airplanes and air traffic control? I wonder all of that. Like, are there streets? Are there going to be landing pads somewhere? I think that it still doesn't make sense to me how it can happen, especially as new construction happens. What are going to be the limits to, you know, kind of drive and fly? I'm curious about all of that. Um, Terry Terry in the chat says, I used to be a dancer. My mom used to be a professional ballroom dancer in Harlem. Manhattan, Brooklyn, Connecticut, and New Jersey. That's amazing. And she also, and Terry Terry also added, Zendaya came in second place on Dancing with the Stars. Okay, I forgot about that. You know, if there was a reality competition show that I could do, it would probably be Dancing with the Stars. I think that that would be fun, changing up the choreography every week and, you know, picking out your ensemble and what have you. I don't even know if that show comes on anymore. Oh, it does. It comes on streaming. Andy, what say you?
1: I was going to say, man, the big boss man was on Dancing with the
0: Stars. I <laughs> did not know that.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm gonna
0: just... Oh, I'm hitting YouTube. I got to check it out. I got to check it out. So our boss, Tavis Smiley, was on Dancing with the Stars. I'm going to have to go look that up. That is amazing because I really enjoy that show. It is entertaining to me. So I have to, like, go see what kind of moves he was busted out. I like that. Shout out to Tavis Smiley. We are appreciative of him. So let's get into some of these trending topics. Now, Dame Dash. Love Dame Dash. Dame Dash is, you know, a hip hop. Do we throw around the word icon too much? I, sometimes I wonder, but sometimes I think about the game changing things that some of these people that we mentioned were a part of, what they set the standard for and where I think about where the culture was, I guess, pre them coming in and what they were known for, how long it lasted and kind of what they were able to do. So having said that, I do to a degree consider Dame in, in a hip hop icon. These latter parts, I, I, sometimes I don't know. But I appreciate, like, Dame is always a hustler. He's always going to speak his mind. He is for independent ownership and in business, and I respect that. He is going to get to it. He is going to keep working. He's not going to stop promoting. So I give Dame props on that.
1: He's an icon. And, and the reason why I say he's an icon, outside of what he did, obviously, in the hip-hop game, um, I look at what he's currently doing now.
0: As far as streaming. As far
1: as streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanna say he has a relationship with Diddy with Revolt, if I'm not mistaken. Well, only reason why I say that is because they host um Earn Your Leisure.
0: Right. I love that podcast. Earn Your
1: Leisure and I don't know if you're familiar with Nineteen Keys. These are yep. all products from Dame Dash. And I feel like these individuals I, I the best Revolt way to...
0: has assets and liabilities. Earn Your Leisure is the YouTube channel that they have. No. Yeah. Assets and Liabilities is their show on Revolt. Earn Your Leisure is the YouTube channel. Market Mondays is the show that they do. They have okay. little debt well, subdivisions. Earn Your Leisure. <laughs> Shout out to them. And 19 Keys. And 19 like, K. he's deep. Like, that is some deep conversations. You got to be on a higher level to check in with that.
1: Absolutely. And I just feel like these individuals came from Dame Dash's umbrella. And these individuals are kind of moving the culture right now. I agree. In a positive way.
0: Yep in a positive way
1: and because so, of that, that's why I got to give him some iconic status
0: I mean I do And I really it's like It's it's a catch-22 because I think about the moves that he was making for Jay and I worked in the music industry at that time so I kind of know what the environment was like and There's one hand of thought that Dame went overboard and in, in his approach and how he handled some of the executives but We also will never know if his approach is what got them through, you know? So we may question it. We may not feel like it was the best way to handle things. But at the time, it did what it needed to do, you know, all things aside. Having said all that, I think Dame needs to retire the Aaliyah conversation. I really do. I understand that. When you are have a love that is kind of not unrequited, but unfulfilled, like you don't fully know the possibilities, it was just started to take off and there were so many things happening at that time period, You can, your mind can go into a thousand different places of what could have been, what might have been, what should have been. So Dame, we know, frequently discuss his situation with Aaliyah and the various aspects of it and how they met and what attracted to the, to him to her and so forth. So in a recent interview, he was talking about them once again, and he was saying that he and Aaliyah had the same accountant. That's really how they met, and that he would see her and she would always look different every time he would see her and that Aaliyah, you know, she had the tomboy vibe and that everybody was kind of in pursuit of her at that time, including Jay-Z. We know that he has shared this before. There have been questions, well, did they date? Were they really just good friends? What happened? Well, Dame says they were trying to do something, but then he swooped in and Jay-Z is still salty about it. Andy, you ready with that clip? We're going to play the clip.
1: And Then I realized it was Aaliyah. And then I just threw my A game, and then you know, I guess Jay was trying to get at her as well, and I didn't know. And then, I was, and then she, like it got brought up, and I was like, F- both of y'all. And but it never worked out for them, and we were both like trying to get at her. I kind of eased up, but then we ran into each other. It's a long story. <laughs> so, so you and Jay was <laughs> both getting at Aaliyah,
0: obviously. Everybody ran at
1: everybody was getting at Aaliyah, bro. Right. She was like, she was like, you know, she'll go to dinner with. Her but she wasn't going to just be smashing. So that was like the big deal. Like who could get with Aaliyah? You know what I'm saying? Uh Was he bitter? Obviously. (laughs) 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 Yeah, he felt the way.
0: So those are James' comments. That, you know, there is so much in not even a minute long clip. There is so much that we could get into. Andy, what do you have to say?
1: Man. See, this is the type of stuff. Growing up in situations like that, like if I'm with a group of my friends or whatnot, and an attractive of uh, woman is around or whatnot, I already are. I already know that all of them is probably trying to you know put their bid in or whatnot. And because of that, I, I can only speak for myself. I was that individual that would fall all the way back. Okay. Why am I going to compete with my homies?
0: Right. I feel you on that.
1: You know what I mean? Because if I start dating her, or oh, one of you guys are going to hate. And quite frankly. You know, my my friendship means more than, you know what I'm saying, a relationship with, with a woman.
0: The I know potential that, of it. The
1: potential. And I, I know mean, that sounds kind of whack, but. No,
0: no, here's the thing. But I understand that. It's not about, I think there's a difference between when you are in a relationship and you start, you know, making those concessions. And, and you know, things adjust as you grow closer as a couple. But just starting out. Why would you beef with your friend over a stranger? Why would you get yourself involved? So I understand where you're coming from with that. Um, I do think that it's always so interesting because the late 90s, early 2000s, it was a different time as far as what was acceptable as far as attraction or commentary on attraction and things of that nature and i know it's a very sensitive topic especially considering Aaliyah's past but you know it almost makes it feel like part of the reason why dame keeps bringing up Aaliyah is because it's one of the only things he's ever had over jay
1: 100 percent.
0: and that's just crazy to me like go talk to that man because if it's a pride thing keeping you and and i get it jay may not be open to a conversation but i just think it feels like he's bleeding all over the place continuing to have these conversations and then he has his wife saying i remember it was a couple of years ago she said she felt Aaliyah's spirit within their marriage and she talked to her come on man that's a lot
1: yeah he does come off a little bit bitter i mean i don't know if jay-z's can
0: Thinking about Aaliyah still. I mean, you got to Doubt it. You got the hottest chick in the game. I doubt it. <laughs> Listen, um, Terry. Terry says that Jay Z dated Maya and Rihanna. We don't know that he dated Rihanna. That's rumors. We're yeah. not gonna say that. Or Maya. Or Maya. They did a video together. They were friends. We aren't gonna say that. Jay Z loves women that only have one name. Okay, Terry, Terry, I'll see you with that. Leslie Holmes says, shout out to Mr. Tavis Smiley. I thank him. Miss Jill Monroe and all of the amazing personalities on KBLA. I love this talk radio format. Well, shout out to Leslie. We appreciate that. Spread the word. Yep, spread the word. That is something else. Please, if you are enjoying what you are listening to, not only hit that like button, but share it with a friend. Tell them to tap in. You know, we appreciate that. That's how we're going to grow our little community here. And you want to share VIP with a friend, right? Because it's no fun. Well, sometimes it's fun to be in VIP and other people aren't. But generally, you want a friend there with you so you can share the laughs and have a good time. So do that for me. I would appreciate it so much. So back to Dame for a second. I, I just, I feel for you, but I also at this juncture... Because we are coming up on almost what, 22 years at this point? That was August 25th, 2001. Yeah. Um, come on, Dame. Come on. You got, come on.
1: <laughs> I, I, like, that's all I
0: can say about it. It just, it feels kind of stretched out. And again, being respectful to those feelings of love that was cut short and all of these things. But now it just kind of feels almost ucky sometimes. So
1: you know? should he should he forget about Aliyah No, or? I'm not saying okay. he shouldn't
0: forget about her. And I understand that when you're in an interview, You can't necessarily control what you're going to be asked. And everyone wants to ask their version of the question. They want to have the conversation with you. It might be some obscure detail that you remember that they want to ask Dame about because they've always wanted to know. So I get that it's a balance, too, because he's being interviewed. But I do also think that, again, when the Jay-Z part comes up, he's like, and we're going to get a little extra right here, right now, because I like to throw these zingers at Jay-Z. And while I don't think that Jay-Z is thinking about Aaliyah, I do feel like Jay-Z has a little Michael Jordan in him, if you know what I mean. You know how Michael Jordan always has these little things that motivate him, these yeah. mm-hmm. these beefs, that, or, or remembers these slights, uh, these small little microaggressions or absolutely. things? And I think that Jay has a little bit of that in him. I think Jay could be a little petty in his own way. That. And so I think it's not so much that he cares really about whatever dame is saying but they were good friends for a long time one people know how to push people's buttons even if jay has evolved past mm-hmm. some of that and the other is just i think he knows how to get to him when we come forward we're going to talk about samuel jackson receiving an honorary oscar and his thoughts about that we're also going to get into stephen a smith You know, a friend of his, a journalist friend of his, is saying that Stephen A. Smith has a beef with a female journalist. We're going to talk about that. All that and more, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, VIPs, you are checking out RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, before we went, before we came forward. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. Um, I mentioned that I was going to talk about Samuel L. Jackson. Now, we know that Samuel L. Jackson received an honorary Oscar for his career, which spans, at this point, five decades, 51 years. Can you imagine? He's been acting, like, almost as longer, technically, than he's been on Earth, right? He was probably in his 20s when he started. So people were saying, oh... You know, is it really an honor if they give you an Oscar just because they missed so many times awarding you the actual award? Well, Samuel is not trying to hear any of that. He said it didn't feel honorary to me. It felt like I was getting an Oscar and I earned it. He said that he could name four instances where he could have won or should have won or should have been nominated. But he is fine with accepting um, the honorary Oscar. He said this in a Vulture.com interview. So shout out to Sam. He also went on to say, and Sam is 74, excuse me, 74 years old. I don't know if I realized that he was that old. Sam is really active. You think about all the action movies he's in. Think about this. Sam right now is in multiple franchises, right? He's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's in the Star Wars universe. He did Shaft, right, for a few years. He's in Kingsman. He's done a bunch of Tarantino stuff. And now he has Secret Invasion. So, I mean, really, when you think about it, what is there to complain about? We've had this conversation before about how we honor our own and what we are valuing. Like, we understand the legacy and the importance and the desire to be honored by these mainstream institutions. But I do think that there is something to be said about accepting the roses that the people that always support your career are offering you. And when they show up for your film, time and time and time again and spit those lines back at you you got to consider that that in itself is an award right right that's what I think at least so shout out to Sam always doing it big have you checked out Secret Invasion I heard it's pretty good it is on Disney Plus it's about Nick Fury obviously part of the Marvel Universe and I was told it it's kind of like Marvel meets Jason Bourne Kind of. That was the description that I was given. But if you have a Disney Plus subscription, check that out. We, You know, could have saved that for our what to watch list later, but didn't. So here we are. All right. I mentioned Stephen A. Smith. So Stephen A. Smith is friends with a guy named Dan Lebatard. He used to be on ESPN. He used to have the show with Poppy. You know, they shot it down in Miami. Dan was a longtime ESPN employee. He left the um, network a few years ago and he has a podcast network that he has, right? So recently, he was discussing a situation that involves Stephen Hill, um, Stephen Hill, Stephen A. Smith. He says that Stephen A. Smith is beefing with some former ESPNers, and the reason why he said is that he felt like there were shots being taken at him inadvertently, right? So basically, Stephen A. Smith allegedly, according to Dan Lebatard, he said this on his podcast, it was a conversation about... An, A monologue that Stephen A. put out on his podcast, The Stephen A. Smith Show. And if you've checked out any of those episodes on YouTube, you know they are very different from what he does on First Take. Um, He's talking about topics that are not just around sports, but in general, a multitude of things. It's a little racier, a little more, a little more, right? And it comes out on YouTube. As a matter of fact, tomorrow, he said he's making an announcement about the future of First Take, and it's implied that it involves Shannon. And well, I'll drop this in there. What is implied is not that Shannon is going to be one to one across the desk from Stephen A day in, day out. But that first take currently has a rotating cast of people that sit in the chair and talk with Stephen A. Smith. And it actually is kind of worked out. He brings in different personalities. You sometimes see people like Ryan Clark, Kendrick Perkins, Mad Dog, whatever his last name is, you know, Mad Dog. What is it, Andy? Russo, Mad Dog Russo, that's right, J.J. Reddick, and some others. So it's rumored that Shannon would be a part of that rotation, and that is allegedly what Stephen A. is going to be announcing tomorrow. But this doesn't have anything to do with that. So what he said is that Stephen A. has recently gone off about the conversation that is happening surrounding ESPN and them letting go talent and the idea that they only kept certain – black personalities that they feel I don't want to say straddle the fence and I don't have the exact clip so I'll just say that aren't you know all the way out which is interesting when you consider Stephen A. Smith and his career and that he's known for outspokenness but they didn't name Stephen A but I guess maybe he thinks that it's being implied since he's one of the last ones standing still at the network so You know, Stephen A rides for ESPN because that's his thing right now. And he is the face of the network. So, what Dan Lebetard says is that when Stephen A kind of took a shot at him about some of his comments regarding his former workplace, he really is taking his frustrations out that he has with Jamel Hill because there was a point where Jamel basically. Okay, so. Here we go. Let me break this down better because I feel like I'm jumping all over the place and I want to make sure we're getting all of this in here. So he said that Stephen A basically reacted to an interview that was on his podcast in 2021 with Jamel Hill. He said that Lebotard has also said about Stephen A that he loves him as a friend but doesn't appreciate what his particular brand of journalism has done to the sports debate, that it has made it almost cartoonish and that a lot of what we love about sports isn't there anymore, that he's helped make it dumber. And he said it bothered him that the last time they talked, that they spoke about what the future of it looked like and that it's now so controversial and performative And it's dumbed down. So Smith took some of that personally. And so he took some shots back. But Lebertard maintains that his problem is not actually with me. And this is a quote. He said, it's with what Jamel Hill said on our platform. And it's more complicated because I'm a much easier target for him to put a name on than going after the black female that he also respects. Hill was a guest on Lebertard's show about a year ago like I said in 2021 and the conversation was surrounding what happened with ESPN and former hosts Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. Hill said that she had a problem with the network's management and how they treated her uh, when she left there and I guess Stephen didn't exactly agree with some of the points she raised but what I want to know is do you think that it is okay for Dan Lebertard on his podcast obviously it involves him he said that he is a friend to both Is it okay for him to reveal this information, considering he understands the sensitivity of Stephen Hill, uh, Stephen Hill, sorry, Stephen A. Smith having beef with Jamel Hill and what that might look like? We're going to get into that when we come forward. Coming up is news and sports. You are listening to RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. Let me tell you something. I love Snoop, I love my West Coast music, but what I will promise you is that I keep Barbie hands whenever I hear West Coast music. Unless it's a W, I make sure that no conflicting, no one assumes I'm throwing up any signs or is anything going on because, you know, I feel motivated. I'm not supposed to want to do some of the dances that you see in the videos, but I'm from LA, so I'm talking about, you know, sea walking, blood skip, those type of things. You know, that's not my ministry. Street. I'm just saying, you know, that was a banger. Shout out. I just got to put it out there. It's just my feeling. I keep Barbie hands because, you know, people get confused. They, They don't always understand. You are listening to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. We talk all the headlines and trending topics in entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture. Before we left you, we were discussing Stephen A. Smith and his alleged private beef with sports journalist Jamel A. Jamel A. Hill. With Jamel Hill that was revealed by Dan Lebitard, who is a friend of both and a former co-worker of both, you know. So before we get into that, I'm going to hit some of these comments off because they are on fire. Terry Terry has jokes. He is Terry Terry. You're a guy, right, Terry, Terry? Okay, I just want to make sure, I didn't want to misgender you, but this is the thing. Terry, Terry said, Areva Martin is good friends with Stephen A. I should holler at her about what's going on. Okay, Terry, you are funny tonight. Tony Yayo wants to know, what happened to Michael Smith? Is the Jamel Hill Trump fiasco partly responsible for his departure from the limelight? A little bit. A little bit. They were a package deal. They were a team. Michael supported Jamel and what happened. You know, they started out on his and hers. They met back in the day and were good friends for a long, long time. They actually met when someone tried to hook them up, I think, and date, and Michael just wanted to play video games. But, you know, they ended up really good friends and on that show. Michael Smith has, I believe it is on Peacock. I don't remember the gentleman's name that he is partnered with, but it's called Brothers from Another Mother. Michael Holly. Michael Holly, that's who it is, and they have a podcast that t- just touches on sports and other topics. So if you have Peacock, you can check him out there. He's still around. He's still doing his thing, but it did impact him. There, there definitely was a change. But as far as I know, as far as social media tells us, they are still friends and still connected. Um, Tony Yayo also says his and hers was a great pod back in the day before Sports Center Six. And um, you know, things happen in business and we have to stay professional and move accordingly. It's been quite a while, everybody's doing well. They both moved out to LA, so shout out to that, West Coast living. And, you know, we wish them nothing but success in the future. Terry Terry said that I would make a great cheerleader. Of course I was a cheerleader in high school. What are you saying? Can't you tell? Isn't, like, I think that's obvious. I mean, what? (laughs) I was a cheerleader? Yeah, absolutely. I was a cheerleader. I played volleyball, too. I was on the swim team for a little bit so I, you know and I was a dancer so I was all over the place you know that was when you could be multifaceted as far as your extracurricular activities now you got to pick one and lock in and hope you make it pro because that seems to be the path but that's another topic for another day I want to hear from you guys in the chat do you think that Dan Lebatard was wrong for revealing this information on his podcast is this something that he should have kept in the cut or waited for one or the other to address it I'd like to know If you guys have any opinions on that. Andy? He didn't
1: mention Jamel Hill's by name. Yes, he did. Oh, he did? Yes, he
0: did. He said by name. He said he understands why Stephen A. Smith would have a problem with Hill's sentiments. Because basically, he said, what she said was they wanted black faces. They didn't want necessarily black voices. And Stephen A. took offense to that.
1: I'm still trying to figure out what the issue is with that statement, though.
0: I guess because he is one of the black voices and faces at the network, so the implication uh, is that, you know, he might not...
1: Be black enough.
0: Or or something, or or maybe, you know, there's a split in, you know, positioning, and he's siding with executives, let's just say management, or something like that. We're not sure what she's implying, but he took offense to it, and so... But behind closed doors, he's never addressed it with her name attached to it. But Dan Lebertard said the heat, the smoke that he had for him was really because of that because Jamel made those comments on Lebatard's podcast.
1: I think Levitard really got beef with Stephen A, though.
0: Like, like like silently? Absolutely. I think so. It it comes out. It seems a little passive aggressive, no?
1: Absolutely. I think he wanted Stephen A. Smith to be a part of those layoffs.
0: Okay. Okay. Now
1: I don't know if you saw the clip from his partner Stugatz, who basically went in on Lebittard and Stephen A. Basically saying that hold on, y'all both sold out. Okay, and went in,
0: wow. and I was
1: like, "Shout out to you, Stugatz! I appreciate you for letting your partner know. Like, hey, bro, you part of this too. Like,
0: I mean, and, and that is fair. <laughs> I mean, we we think about when um, why am I blanking on the. What was it? And Poppy. Like, I watched that show. It Highly keeps, questionable. That's what it is. Okay, I'm like, with Poppy. I keep saying, with Poppy. What are you talking about, girl? Highly questionable. So, I enjoyed that show. I enjoyed it when it was Dan, Poppy, and Bomani Jones. So, that was pretty entertaining. Great, great it, show. There was a lot of chemistry. There a lot of, of things. And, you know, then whatever happened with that, it moved around. And Bomani got his own show. And that went okay for a while. Uh, I actually... High noon, I wasn't for because I felt like they should have paired Bomani with someone different. Mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't dislike Pablo, but I just felt like one, they're both very, very intelligent and they speak cerebrally, but there wasn't an energy or a bounce to mm-hmm. their interactions. I, really I just, I, you know, I, I don't know if it was that because I felt like they did. I just felt like for me, it didn't give me enough to want to tap in like that. So I don't know. But shout out to them all. Um, speaking of Stephen A. Smith, we know that he is in his acting bag right now. He's in his multimedia thing. So while he was on his podcast talking to Issa Rae, he shared what he feels are his dream roles. So I'm going to list them for you because, you know, Stephen A. Smith has a reoccurring role on General Hospital. He plays a thug named Brick who puts in work for the Quartermain family and things of that nature. But lately, Stephen A. has been talking about how he really wants to get into his acting bag. It's calling him. He wants to step in front of the screen more. So he shared with Issa what his roles that he would love to play or the type of roles that he would love to play. And, um, you know, he didn't back down. He really went for the stars. He said his dream role would have been to play Django. So he would have been there, you know, kicking butt and taking names and slapping the whip around or or. He would have been Denzel Washington's character in The Equalizer. He said he could have done that. So clearly he's an action guy. Or he also mentioned, surprisingly, a film that I mentioned earlier Focus. He said he would like that role. I don't know how I feel about Stephen A. Smith in that role. I actually am unclear about Stephen A. Smith in any of these roles. But I mean, I'd be willing to take a look. Why not? He's expressive and obviously he's connected. So. I say, if you got dreams, touch them all if you can. Why not? But, um, we'll see what happens if Stephen A formally addresses this situation, this alleged beef with Jamel Hill. But, um, you know, if he does, we'll keep you informed. When we come forward, we'll have more trending topics and headlines. We have some stories coming up about some spending habits of some professional athletes. We also have Snoop Dogg's commentary about um, why he's never gotten an invite to the Rock Nation brunch. All that and more. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580 with Joe Monroe, RSVP. Now back to more
1: captivating conversation on RSVP with Joe Monroe.
0: You are checking out RSVP with Joe Monroe live on KBLA Talk 1580. We are still in hour two, still hitting off all these trending topics and headlines. I hope you are having a good time. I am. I enjoy chatting with you guys every night. Uh, we have some more comments in the chat. The YouTube chat is lit tonight. I appreciate you guys all up in there. Tony Yayo says Stephen A. Smith would be dumb to address any potential beef with Jamel. It's awkward and would mobilize all types of outside voices and trolls to chime in and fam the flames. Tony I agree with that I think that and that's why I think that it's kind of interesting that Dan would do this but as Andy pointed out maybe Dan has his own beef with Stephen a and he's not the only one using the situation to poke back at the bear maybe everybody's being a little passive aggressive and not addressing their friends in the situation you know so interesting shout out to Leslie Holmes in the chat for saying please don't forget to hit the like button that's right Leslie you tell him I appreciate you shout out to subscribe and share too that's right spread the love around you know. Tell a friend to tell a friend so that you guys can then talk about your VIP experience and, you know, make others jealous because they missed out and you're ahead of the curve. Right? Right. Let's go. So, there are always more topics to discuss. We have a little bit of legal news. Not that we didn't start the show with some, but this one is of a different sort. So, we know Cardi B had a case against YouTuber Tasha K, which tasha k lost she said some things about cardi that she shouldn't have said cardi gave her the opportunity to take them down she did not and ultimately a judgment was made against her in the amount of four million dollars to which tasha k responded i ain't got it baby i'm broke baby what we doing so she has continued on on her youtube channel and there have been little moments even though they're not supposed to have any interaction that Tasha has kind of antagonized Cardi through social media. Well, guess what? Cardi wants her coins and she has subpoenaed or her lawyers have subpoenaed Tasha K's husband because they believe that all of the assets were moved into her husband's name. And, you know, were separately and they want to see a list of all of his assets, all of his holdings. Everything that's going on. She wants to make sure she gets what's owed to her no matter what and no matter the cost. According to Hip Hop DX, court documents obtained reveal that Cardi has subpoenaed um, Tasha K's husband to the tune of 19 pages of information that she is looking for. They want to know everything where every nook and cranny is buried. So what the order says is the filing of the case imposed an automatic stay against most collection activities, according to the order. This means that creditors generally can't take action to collect the debts from the debtors or their property. For example, while the stay is in effect, creditors can't sue, garnish wages, assets, deficiency, repossess property, or otherwise try and get money. Creditors also say that, I mean, creditors, it also says creditors can't demand repayment from the debtors by mail, phone, or otherwise. However, the subpoena doesn't violate that order because it's going through the court. And it states that an examination of an entity under this rule 343 of the code relates to the acts. So basically, they're like, we want to go through the estate, we want to know every discharge that's made we want our coins do you think and i know this has probably been discussed to death and i know it's pretty simple but at what point was because obviously i feel like tasha k thought that you know her views would go up her subscribers would go up it would be good times at what point is it not worth it because cardi has a point to prove it's not gonna go away and we know that people will hunt you down over some money. And those lawyers, they want to continue to get a check, so they'll keep it in action. I just wonder, at what point was it not worth it to just leave that woman alone and stop discussing her? I don't know. Everybody has a job to do, but there's so many topics to discuss, right? So, I don't know. Good luck to Tasha K. Cardi, get your money, girl. Shout out to you. Now, in other news, you know, there's always, 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 Always so much happening. And I told you, next hour, we're going to talk about why Snoop says that he believes Jay-Z has never invited him to the Rock Nation brunch. But I have to share with you that Snoop has another project, Jopping, that has nothing to do with music. You know, Snoop is... I wouldn't say the master pitch man. I leave that to Shaq. But Snoop definitely has his hand in a lot of businesses. So People Magazine recently revealed that Snoop and E-40 are coming out with a cookbook. And, you know, Snoop's first cookbook, I didn't even realize Snoop had a cookbook. It was called From Crook to Cook, the Platinum Recipes from the the Boss Dogs Kitchen gave his favorite recipes in it. There was like filet recipes all the way down to Frito barbecue twists. So I guess that's munchy food. Well, this one is in collaboration with E40's Goon with a Spoon. You know he has a food line and ice cream line. Snoop also has his breakfast food line. So they're coming together, and the book will feature over 65 recipes and takes inspiration from both Snoop and E40's music as well as the meals that they. Cook and eat together. So, um, I'm wondering, are you interested in an E40 Snoop Dogg cookbook? Do you think there's some recipes you would want to check out based on their song? I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of song titles that would be appetizing as food. Nothing but a G thing. What is that like?
1: Goon with the spoon.
0: I mean, goon with the spoon.
1: That's what E40. Said.
0: I know that's his thing, but I'm wondering what meals like um, this face. What are we doing? I practice looking hard. I mean, mug. These are some E-40 titles from the deep early 90s cuts that I'm speaking on right there. I'm just trying to think what songs, you know. Um, tell me when to go. Is that an E-40 song or is that really Keek the Sneak? I'm trying it's to It's both think. of their songs. Okay, it's both their songs.
1: Well, really, E-40 featuring Keek, but.
0: Okay. I wasn't sure which way that one went, you know. Tell me when to go, what? Tell me when to go tacos, maybe? I don't know. I'm curious.
1: Hey, if you got beef.
0: that's a good one that's a perfect one there you go and we played that earlier oh yeah uh sprinkle me sprinkle me but what what are we sprinkling are we sprinkling sprinkles sugar on salt salt any salt bay whatever maybe it's french toast (laughs) i don't know anything that requires a little bit of um you know, a flick of the wrist. Absolutely. Flick of the wrist. <laughs> so, all of that. Well, E-40 and Snoop Dogg's cookbook will be coming out later this fall. Make sure that you check it out. Remember, Snoop was a reoccurring guest. Um, well, no, he had the cooking show with Martha Stewart back in the day. I really feel like Martha helped him get into the food business and develop a more appreciation a more appreciative side to that aspect. I mean, you think about Snoop's career and the trajectory. Who would have thought Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart would be on a show together? And they say they really like each other. And I kind of believe that. I kind of see that it's an authentic friendship. It's so interesting, you know. Murder was the case till now. I love Snoop. I know that he can be the problematic uncle sometimes. But I also want to mention, you know, we had talked about a few weeks back, Fab saying where are the barbecues that who's doing the barbecues. And, you know, he's 45. So shout out to Snoop and E-40 for holding it down for the uncles cooking and getting all that going. You know,
1: speaking of cooking. Yeah. Um, shout out to Bun B. And it's Trill Burgers.
0: That's right. Bun B has Trill Burgers. I heard they are amazing. I would love to check him out one day if he has turkey ones because I don't eat beef. But, you know, I do not eat beef. I do not eat pork. I'm limited. in No steak? No steak. I have not had steak since 2004. I miss it Salute because a you. good steak is amazing. But, you know, I, I just I decided I'm going to let that go. It's been even longer for pork. So,
1: you know, if you had a special somebody and wanted to take you to Ruth Chris. You you're not you're not going. You're just gonna eat the side. Going?
0: No, I mean they Luke, Ruth Chris has shrimp. They have lobster. Okay. I like chicken. I, I know that's. <laughs> I'll never say that. I am basic. I know that is a basic food item, but there are lots of ways that you can cook it. There are things that you can do with it. So you know, again, there are things that we can work around. Doesn't always have to be a steak dinner, but uh, we appreciate that. So when we come forward, we're going to get into more trending topics and headlines. We're going to find out why Snoop thinks Jay-Z has snubbed him for an invite. We're going to talk about one NBA player who was reminiscing on his rookie year the night before the draft when he ran up a $36,000 tab. We're going to tell you what he spent it on. We're also going to talk about ex-NFL star Antonio Brown and whose wife he's after and what he has going on. All that and more, you're listening to KBLA Talk 1580 RSVP with Jill Monroe.